Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. Justin Simmons is locked in long term. Kyle Fuller adds a missing piece to the Denver Broncos secondary, and the Broncos, they may not be done just yet. Welcome back into a brand new episode Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked On NFL Network, your team every day. From the South Stands to the End Zone, I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Senior NFL Analyst at Pro Football Network and Broncos Insider for the Locked On NFL Network. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. You can follow the podcast at Locked On Broncos. Like us on Facebook if you were on there as well. And if you're a brand new listener to the show or if you're a returning listener, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and our good friends over there, Radio.com, for daily exclusive Denver Broncos news, content, and coverage that you get every single day, all year long. 30 minutes or less, bite-sized. You can take it with you on the road. You can listen to it at home, or you can listen to it in a shower if that's your thing, or even while working out. Welcome back in to Lockdown Broncos. Ladies and gentlemen, on today's episode of the show, we're going to talk about the outlook of this organization as it stands so far on this Monday all across Broncos country. Denver really coming in and bolstering that defensive side of the ball. George Payton doing what he said he planned on doing, bringing back Von Miller, Shelby Harris, and locking in Justin Simmons to a long-term deal. We talked about it on a brief emergency podcast on Friday after our episode had already released. Now we're breaking down what it means for the organization, both in the short term and long term for the organization. Plus, the Broncos added a key cornerback to the defense as well, where this player has played under Vic Fangio before, and we're going to get into that on today's episode of the show. Plus, it's Mock Draft Monday. We take a look at our latest five-round mock draft that we did using the Pro Football Network Mock Draft Simulator. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, let's kick things off on today's episode Locked on Broncos. Like I said, hope you guys are doing well. But the news of the weekend, the biggest news for the Broncos is that Justin Simmons is locked in to a long-term deal. He signed a four-year, $61 million contract. Show me the money with $35 million of that being guaranteed. That comes to about a $15.5 million per year average value and it also resets the safety market. I think for the rest of these players, Jamal Adams looking for a brand new deal and, and those are two comparatively different players. Simmons is that hybrid guy, the guy that can cover in the slot, he can cover on the outside. He plays against the run. He's not as big or physical as Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams also has a lot of injury concerns and durability questions. Justin Simmons has not because he's the Ironman. He hasn't missed a snap in over three seasons so that is good for the organization. And there is a big reason, too, why George Payton wanted to re-sign Justin Simmons. George Payton believes that Justin Simmons, what he does on the field, is just as valuable as what he does off the field. And that's another reason. He just believes he's a great human being. He's also a great football player. And he broke it down on the latest Behind the Broncos social media snippet that we got preview of. Obviously, it's probably going to be coming on one of the future episodes that the team's going to release on their social media and YouTube channels. But I think that with this signing of Justin Simmons, locking him up long-term, making him the highest-paid safety in the National Football League, George Payton has shifted the narrative inside the Broncos locker room in his first two months of being the new general manager. Now, how sustainable is this versus just the hype surrounding it? Well, I can tell you this. I've talked with various Broncos players who are excited about playing under George Payton, and that's not a knock on John L. in any way, shape, or form, but George Payton has provided the organization with a different energy than they've had in quite some time. And yes, you have to be careful not to get too bought into hype, but I think there's a long-term sense of sustainability from the player's perspective. We talked about it last week, how a lot of players previously under John Elway didn't view as if the organization valued their players enough to give them a second contract or to pay them rather than going out and paying outside players. 
so far, George Payton has done a good job with the moves of Shelby Harris, Von Miller, and Justin Simmons, and bringing in some obviously talented players to fill some holes on the defensive side of the ball. So I do think it is sustainable. And now the Broncos have a chance to really position themselves to focus on best player available. They have the opportunity to move up in the draft if they want a quarterback. They have an opportunity to move back if they want to acquire more draft capital, maybe get more players or more draft picks to be able to build the war chest, so to speak. So not a bad start for George Payton in his first two months here, but now we take a look at the safety position. Justin Simmons locked in. How do the Broncos address the safety position opposite of Justin Simmons? Well, in the last 48 hours, 72 hours since we've had an episode of the show, there's been a change of developments, and there is a real chance that Kareem Jackson and the Broncos can maybe agree to a one-year deal to bring him back. Negotiations between the two sides right now are ongoing as is, and I imagine money's going to be a little bit of an influence there, but you look at Anthony Harris, the deal that he got, a one-year, $5 million deal, you have to wonder what the ballpark is. Would Kareem Jackson play on a one-year $6.5 million deal, right? Because he was set to make that $10 million in 2021 with the club option if Denver exercised it, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think Denver's going to pay him in that marketplace there. Now, despite the fact that Kareem Jackson has played phenomenal as a strong safety alongside Justin Simmons, I just don't find the, the warrant of the Broncos paying a player a one-year $8 million, $9 million deal when the market right now says that a one-year, maybe $6.5 million max deal at this point for a safety veteran guy probably is the best suit. So we'll see if the Broncos and Kareem Jackson can come to terms, but there's a chance that Kareem Jackson can come back and be that strong safety for Denver. If not, you have Michael Ojemudi and Duke Dawson who will probably compete to play that strong safety role. Denver can look in this year's NFL draft. It's obviously a position that we address in today's Mock Draft Monday as well. We'll get to that pick coming up here towards a little bit later on in the show, but I think that if Kareem Jackson were to come back, I think it helps solidify Denver's chances. I think they have a legitimate chance with these moves on paper, right? And I want to be very exclusive about what I say. On paper, right? Because on paper, it looks great. We have to see them kind of carry it over into the on-field product, but I think Denver has a chance to compete to win the AFC West. I think they have a legitimate chance if they can retain this defense, if they can play better on offense, they have a legitimate chance at winning the AFC West in 2021. Now, it's going to be tough. Look, Kansas City is still going to be the team to beat. They're going to be a very tough task to kind of take it to, so it's going to be a challenge. It wouldn't be easy, and I imagine it would be war between these two teams when they do play, and you also can't factor out the Los Angeles Chargers under Brandon Staley. We'll see what type of identity they have under Staley who's risen very quickly amongst the NFL ranks, but how does that impact the overall AFC West? I think Denver's made some moves that have moved the needle, and if Von Miller is healthy and the Broncos defensively can stay healthy, I think that they're going to be a very tough team to beat. I think that the expectation coming into the season would be a playoff spot for Denver. You know, Like I said, it's up in the air. I think it would be debatable as to whether or not they can win the AFC West, but I think there's, their chances at doing that increase significantly. So I'm eager to hear your thoughts. Broncos country, do you believe that the moves that the Broncos have made have shifted the needle in favor of Denver for the AFC West. Let me know on Twitter at Lockdown Broncos at Cody Work NFL. But coming up here in just a moment, Broncos country, we're going to get into our discussion on the Broncos signing of Kyle Fuller to a one-year deal. Vic Fangio reuniting with another one of his key players who saw his best season when he was the defensive coordinator in Chicago in 2018. But before we do that, folks, I got to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That's our good friends over there, BetOnline.ag. And BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. And football may be over, but the NBA college basketball and NHL are in full swing and BetOnline even covers awards TV shows and reality TV 
with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, the scores, and the odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And as we continue on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, ladies and gentlemen, just a reminder, if you're a Colorado sports fan, you're listening to Lockdown Broncos, you need to check out Adam Matez and Matt Moore on Lockdown Nuggets. The Nuggets are coming off of a very disappointing Sunday afternoon matinee loss to the New Orleans Pelicans. The free throw discrepancy was one issue, but Denver got out-hustled on the boards. To hear a complete recap on Adam and Matt's thoughts on the game, check out Lockdown Nuggets and your favorite podcast provider. But let's continue our discussion here today, ladies and gentlemen. The Broncos made another key signing on Saturday for the organization. This was expected and it didn't take too long after the Chicago Bears finally released it, but Kyle Fuller is now a Denver Bronco. The former Chicago Bears cornerback has agreed to terms on a one-year deal with Denver, reuniting him with Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel. And when you look back at Kyle Fuller's career, he hasn't missed a game in his career. He's a Pro Bowl, All-Pro style player. He's been able to grow. His first couple of seasons, he was tested a lot, but then in 2017, he saw a lot of improvement, a lot of growth. 2018 was the next step for him in Vic Fangio's defense, where he had seven interceptions and 21 passes defensed. And like I mentioned, he's never missed a game in his career. He's played in 96 games. He started in 94 games in his entire career as a Chicago Bear. And now he's going to transition to a Denver Bronco, where he's also going to reunite with former teammate Bryce Callahan. And we all know that the Bears passing secondary is one of the top in the NFL, one of the top scoring secondaries in the National Football League, top scoring defenses in 2018 under Vic. And I think the one thing that we've all been talking about since Vic Fangio has come to Denver, we've seen Vic's defense play really dang good. We've seen them have moments where they struggle. And I think a lot of that is due to young players and even just injuries. But the one thing we haven't quite seen so far, and this has, this has an opportunity here in year three, Vic has a chance to fully showcase his actual defense if these guys can stay healthy. I was talking about it a little bit earlier in this podcast, but if Denver can stay healthy defensively with all their key players, they don't lose anybody. Denver is a top five defensive unit right now on paper. Right now, obviously, the players and the coaches, the, you know, the organization they have to go out there, they have to line up, and they have to execute. That That's always out there. But on paper, they have the ability to be a top five defense in the National Football League, and they have the ability right now. I think they have arguably one of the best secondaries on paper in the NFL. Denver has made some moves where they haven't gotten desperate. They didn't go out there and make some desperate signing, throwing a lot of money at one key guy. Denver has brought in two starters at cornerback. They've locked in their, their homegrown starters with Von Miller, Shelby Harris, and Justin Simmons. That's great. And Denver's still going to look at ways to bolster their defense even further. Now, obviously, the other safety position becomes something we question. We talked about that in the last segment. But we also have to take a look at the Broncos' cornerback depth right now and what it is looking like with the Kyle Fuller signing. Well, first off, I think it's easy to project that Kyle Fuller is going to start opposite of Ronald Darby. So you have those two guys at cornerback. We're going to go with the secondary first. We're going to go defensive line, then we're going to go linebacker. So in the secondary, you have Ronald Darby, Kyle Fuller, and in the nickel, you have Bryce Callahan, Justin Simmons, and then a safety. It could either be Kareem Jackson, Michael Ojemudia. It could be a rookie, or it could be Duke Dawson, one of those players right there. On the defensive line at outside linebacker, you're going to have Bradley Chubb. You're going to have Von Miller. And then on your defensive interior, defensive end, Draymond Jones, defensive tackle, it's going to be Mike Purcell. The other defensive end, Shelby Harris, 
And then at linebacker, Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson. Now, right now, that is the projected starting lineup for the Broncos today. However, obviously, we know that there's some moving pieces. If the Broncos go out and they get a linebacker like Micah Parsons, and he might be that guy. He might be the guy starting opposite of Alexander Johnson. And Josie Jewell might be a rotational, situational downs player. So, Dever has some options right now, but they that's their strength. This should be their strength coming into the season because the Broncos' offense, we all know, is very, very young. Now they have a second year in Pat Shermer's offensive system. Obviously, some still questions right now at the quarterback position as it pertains to Drew Locke's development, whether or not they're going to go out there and they're going to get a veteran quarterback via trade at this point, or if they're going to wait for the NFL draft and maybe trade up and get that. And I think that all those options right now for Denver are on the table. You're getting Cortland Sutton back. You're getting Noah Fant. Albert Okwebunum's coming off of injury. Tim Patrick's back. Jerry Judy's entering his second year. K.J. Hamler, if he can stay healthy in his second year. Dever has options, and then obviously Melvin Gordon at running back, and, and still running back is obviously a position of question. We'll talk about that in our Mock Draft Monday uh, results that we did, a five-round Mock Draft with Pro Football Network. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment, folks, but I think for the Denver Broncos right now, defensively, they're making the necessary changes, and in the offseason, we heard a lot of talk about the Broncos' focus on potentially revamping the defense for Vic Fangio. And we talked about it even three or four weeks ago before free agency even began. I didn't see any situation where George Payton was going to come in, gut the Broncos defense of guys like Von Miller, right? I Even Kareem Jackson, I made the argument there. There's still a chance, like I said, Kareem could return. But I said, if, if Vic Fangio has 2020 to prove or to win games to keep his job safe, I don't see why George Payton would come in and gut the defense. I don't think that's going to be the case. And like I said, I said it on Friday's episode of the show. I really have a feeling internally, deep down inside of me, that the Broncos and George Payton, regardless of how this year goes, I think George Payton is going to give Vic Fangio two years at least, this year and next year, to be able to prove them. If the Broncos win this year, it makes 2022 a lot easier of a decision for George Payton. But even if the Broncos don't win or even make the playoffs here this season, I still think that they keep Vic Fangio. Now, granted, if some of the issues why the Broncos are losing are related to coaching, then that's a different scenario. If it has something to do with talent or the ball not bouncing one way or, or following the other, I think it's a different story. You know, and we've seen that in Vic's first year, you know, losing a couple games by less than seven points. Dever never lost really a game, maybe minus the Kansas City game and the Buffalo game by more than double digits. So there is strengths to what Vic's been able to do. And I think that the culture shift inside the Broncos organization defensively, offensively, it's headed in a good place. This is still a young football team, and I want people to remember that. Now, on paper, like I mentioned, this defense is very strong, and it gives the illusion, and it should paint it, that the Broncos should be a team that can compete for the division in 2021, even potentially compete for a playoff spot. Now, we do know that with the NFL TV deals being said, I mean, it was a 10-year agreement across multiple networks. CBS, they're going to get all the AFC games. Fox is going to get all the NFC games, and with these various streaming platforms, I believe the NFL Sunday ticket is no more, but the network revenue is going to be massive. In 10 years, it's expected to amass a total of $110 billion. So $10 billion per season for the next 10 years. Obviously, ABC, ESPN, they're going to get a chance to host the Super Bowl in 2026, 2027. Uh, but one of these things that you can take advantage of, because the Broncos, a lot of the time, they play on CBS. So even if you don't have NFL Sunday ticket, which I think is completely going away, if you have Paramount Plus, this upcoming season, you should be able to watch the Broncos no matter where you're at in the United States. And obviously, if you live in Colorado, you get the local channels anyways. You can do that. But I believe you can get access to them on Paramount+. Plus. Obviously, the apps, Amazon's going to be the exclusive home to 
the Thursday night football, obviously alongside the NFL Network, and then ESPN Monday night football, and ABC gets that that grant as well because they're all joint, they're jointly appointed together. So, you know, with these deals, you can expect the NFL salary cap to increase over the next couple of seasons, which means that teams like the Broncos can be in a position to bring Von Miller back, maybe on a two to three year extension after 2021 if he plays really well. You could also extend Kyle Fuller because look, he's going to be 29 years old this year. He could be 30, but look, the Broncos may have a two to three year run with Kyle Fuller if the Broncos are winning games and then obviously building and developing your young talent along the way. And if you do have a young talent that can come in as a rookie or as a second year player and then start and get that valuable experience, then look, I think it's all for the better. I think Denver's got a really good coaching staff in place, a lot of experience at the position coaches, uh, you know, coordinator position, there's a lot of experience. But with all the writing on the wall about the Broncos defensively, the offense has to take the next step forward coming into the 2021 NFL season. So Broncos country, is it in your opinion, are they going to get there? What are your biggest questions you have for the Broncos as they approach this season, as they approach the NFL draft, which is just a month away? Eager to hear your thoughts at Cody Work NFL, at Locked on Broncos on Twitter. But Broncos country, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to get into our discussion about Mock Draft Monday, folks. And we're going to go through the picks that I made using the Pro Football Network Mock Draft Simulator. But the one thing I wanted to throw out to you guys is that we're going to talk about our other sponsor of today's show. That's a good friends over there at Built Bar, folks. And you guys know Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar, the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber protein bar that has 100% chocolate on all bars. Now we know that it is Built Bar Madness. We're trying to figure out which Built Bar is the best. And today's flavor, folks, is coconut versus birthday cake. Now for me, I'm personally conflicted because I'm not a fan of coconut or the birthday cake flavors myself. So this puts me in a tough position. Do I go with the blend of chocolate? I tasted the birthday cake one over the weekend. Just wasn't my cup of tea. You know, I'm not a big white chocolate fan, uh, but you know, that's okay. So between the matchup there, you can register your vote by going to builtbar.com or you can go to at bar underscore built on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Let's get into our Mock Draft Monday results here on this beautiful Monday all across Broncos country. Just a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, if you love Lockdown Broncos, if you love the show, make sure you guys are subscribed because we bring a brand new episode to you guys every single day, Monday through Friday, all year long. So let's waste no time using the ProFootballNetwork.com Mock Draft Simulator, folks. I highly encourage you to do it because it is very interactive. It's got premium features all for free. You can execute trades, you can receive trades, and you can generate team needs based on the team that you root for on Sundays. You become the general manager. And I play GM for the Broncos organization considering the moves that they made at cornerback with the signing of Ronald Darby and with Kyle Fuller. It gave me a new perspective on how I'm going about the offseason for Denver. There's some obvious positions that maybe Denver can maximize defensively, a couple of pieces they can add on the offensive side of the ball. But I wanted to start off today's episode of the show with the first pick that the Broncos had at pick number nine in the PFN mock draft simulator. I selected linebacker Micah Parsons out of Penn State. Now, we know he's a very, very prolific athlete, and I am making this pick on the assumption that he cleared the background from NFL teams, right? If this is the case, right? And and this is all just hypothetical. I don't know what the NFL, I don't know what NFL executives have done in terms of their dig up, but as of right now, I haven't heard anything outside of the evident allegations and the concerns originally about Micah Parsons 
Nobody else is talking about anything different. And Micah Parsons is preparing as if he is ready to go within the top 10 of this year's NFL draft. So this is operating on the assumption that Micah Parsons' background clears with NFL organizations and the Denver Broncos because he's a talented football player. He's got the ability to play aggressive against the run. He can cover running backs, tight ends, and even wide receivers out of the backfield. He has that versatility to him, and he has that 4-4 speed. We've seen in the Super Bowl when you're going against a team like a Kansas City Chiefs, you need that difference maker at line linebacker who has that speed who can help kind of neutralize the threat that is Travis Kelsey who loves to find those soft spots and zone coverage on those snag concepts the deep overs the drag routes you need a guy to be able to play on the hip and to be able to cover a guy like that you need a guy that can maybe match up on the outside one-on-one against Darren Waller and Micah Parsons fits the prototype of being able to do that and I think that Dever has to take advantage if in fact he clears the background checks I think that Micah Parsons would be the surefire pick here at pick number nine if the Broncos aren't invested at quarterback. Now, if they were going to go with a quarterback in this mock draft here, they would have had to trade it with the Atlanta Falcons, who the Atlanta Falcons, they went with a quarterback. And so they went with Trey Lance. Everybody else was off the board at that point. And three quarterbacks went within the top five picks. You had Trevor Lawrence going one. You had Zach Wilson going two. You had a trade up to number three with the Miami Dolphins, where the Carolina Panthers, they selected Trey Lance with the third pick. And then the Atlanta Falcons selected Justin Fields with the fourth pick. So it kind of really impacted the Broncos you could have went with the Davis Mills from Stanford uh, that's what would have been a mid to later round pick I don't know if that's a guy you want to be a starter in the NFL that's not a starter quality quarterback in my opinion he's got the ceiling to be a backup so that changed things for the Broncos in round number one but in round number two we talked about the the Broncos positional need of a safety well the one key player was available I mean this was a safety class it had guys like Damar Hamlin they had Paris Ford still available but there was one key player that's expected to go very high in this year's NFL draft and that is TCU safety Trevon Morig. I selected him because he is one of those players that can bring that versatility to Vic Fangio's defense because he's great against the run. He's also one of those guys that is aggressive against the pass. And for the TCU Horned Frogs, he was one of those players that saw some playing time as a freshman on special teams. Now, his sophomore season, he was able to move in and step up into a defensive role, and he absolutely impressed. And then Tony Pauline of Pro Football Network, he put together a scouting report on Trevon Mulrig, and he's six foot two, 202 pounds. He's a thumper out of TCU, obviously a junior this past season. And Paul Eden right here indicates under the positive sections, two-year starting safety who is dominant on special teams for TCU. He's a tough, instinctive safety who displays solid ball skills. He takes proper angles to the action, displays a closing burst, and works hard defending the pass. He's quick and fluid, pedaling in reverse, immediately reads and diagnoses plays and physically outmuscles receivers to defend passes. He keeps the action in front of him, displays good awareness and coverage, and works hard. He stays with receivers laterally on cross patterns, solid run defender who slides off blocks and makes plays on the ball handler, willingly takes on bigger opponents and drives through tackles. This sounds like everything that you would hope for in a guy that plays in Vic Fangio's defensive system. So I like the nature here with Tony Pauline's breaking down, but he gets into the negative aspect of Trevon Morig's game and where he can improve. He says sometimes he gets too amped up, he overcommits and occasionally gets caught out of position must improve his playing balance, and he lacks deep speed. I don't think speed is going to be an issue for Mo Rig if he comes to the Denver Broncos because Vic Fangio's defense isn't going to put him in any of those situations where he has to be on an island one-on-one in the deep middle. He's going to be one of those guys that's going to keep everything in front of him, and that's something he already does really, really well. So I like the pickup here for the Broncos in round number two. I think it's a great value pick for them. 
And now we're going to move on to pick number three, a round three pick for the Broncos. I went with Ohio State running back Trey Sermon. I know that there's some injury concerns with him. However, I do think that his burst of speed and his ability to you know run through the, in between the tackles, run to the outside of the tackles, he has the ability to contribute at the NFL level. And, and part of me thinks that this is almost like a value-like pick as to what Royce Freeman was for the Denver Broncos originally in that 2018 NFL draft. Royce Freeman, obviously a very prestigious runner in college over 900 carries, didn't have quite the injury history I think that Trey Sermon currently has, but I think that Trey Sermon is a weapon as a receiver. He's also a weapon as a running back, which is what the Broncos need. He'll come in, he'll compete with Mike Boone, he'll come in and compete with Royce Freeman, and even Levante Bellamy for that number two spot. And there's a chance maybe he could push Melvin Gordon a little bit, but I think those two can complement each other in terms of their skill set, so that's why I picked Trey Sermon to the Broncos with pick number 71. And knowing what we know about the Broncos and injuries and things like that of past history, you can never have enough cornerbacks. And I had the opportunity to watch Stanford cornerback Paulson Adebo the other day running his pro day. He's a fast guy, has 4'4 speed. He's tall. He's about six foot two, if I'm not mistaken. And he's also lengthy. And he has that athletic ability. He's got great lateral movement. And I think he'd be a nice pickup in Vic Fangio's defense. He also has the ability maybe to convert to play some safety at the next level. I wouldn't be too worried about that. I think he'd be a cornerback guy and, and look, he'd be a great guy to learn in Ed Donatel's defensive backroom alongside Coach Christian Parker, Kyle Fuller, Bryce Callahan, and even Ronald Darby. It'd be great to be able to work with those guys and, and to kind of see the NFL experience and kind of shape his game to be able to contribute if any of those guys go elsewhere. So Paulson Adebo adds some depth to the Broncos cornerback position group. Now the Atlanta Falcons, they wanted to execute a trade with me. They wanted to give me a fifth round pick and they also wanted me to obtain another fifth round pick so I gave up where I was picking to get two additional picks in round number five here and with pick number 177 the Broncos were on the clock I selected wide receiver Sage Surratt out of Wake Forest and he's an athletic speedy guy and I think he's got the the playmaking ability to contribute for the Broncos in a couple of seasons look because you have decisions coming up on Deshaun Hamilton Deontay Spencer after next season Denver's going to more than likely look to extend Cortland Sutton which I'm not saying Sage Surratt would ever come in and be a number one wide receiver and Tim Patrick will be primed to hit the free agency market where he can command a big-time payday for his contributions. I don't know if he'll be back in Denver after this upcoming season, but if he plays really, really well and Denver sees it, they would have to extend both he and Cortland Sutton. I don't think that would be the case. I don't think Denver would do that. So you have to look at the future of the position. Sage Surratt, I think, would be a low-risk, high-reward type player for the Broncos at pick number 177. And our final pick on today's episode, Mock Draft Monday, folks. The Broncos, they need some tackle depth there. And I selected Alaric Jackson out of Iowa. And we know that Iowa tends to have these tough, nitty-gritty grinders on the offensive line. The Broncos have future concerns about the tackle position as it pertains to Jawan James. They could part ways with him after the 2021 NFL season where if he opts out or if he can't play if he gets injured you need somebody to mold there and I think obviously Calvin Anderson's an internal option for the organization but you still need some tackle depth that maybe can develop and be the future so maybe Alaric Jackson can come into a situation with Mike Munchak and maybe learn develop and maybe be ready for when the opportunity steps in could it be 2022 could it be 2023 to step in and be a tackle for the Broncos organization. But Broncos country, with that said, that'll do it for today's episode. Lockdown Broncos here on your favorite podcast provider. Thank you so much for tuning in. Tomorrow's episode of the show is Text Message Tuesday. I know with the crazy week that we had, some of the key signings, the Broncos may not be done just yet. They may still make some moves this week. What questions do you have for me? Send me a tweet, a DM, at Cody Work NFL, or if you want to get in on the text line, add yourself to my contacts right now by texting 303 303- 
529-6323. Add yourself to my contact list. I'll send the prompt out today for Text Message Tuesday so you could be featured on tomorrow's episode, Lockdown Broncos, where I will answer your questions in depth and to the best of my knowledge. But with that said, Broncos country, I appreciate you guys so much. Free agency frenzy continues as the Broncos are looking to build towards their path to the NFL draft. I'm Cody Rourke, host of Lockdown Broncos. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.